Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening. Welcome to PGN, where we, uh, Prophetic prophetic Grace Network, where we do it more than we talk about it. Oh, I'm sorry. We had a little bit of technical issues. Um, apparently, I had set two uh, shows. The first one did not take, but apparently it did. Um, so I had to eliminate one. All right, so let's get started. My name is Carmen, and I'll be your host tonight. I hope you had a great week. Today is the 1st of July, 2023. Man, how these months have been flying by so fast. Uh, It seems like we don't have enough time to finish what we're doing (laughs) most of the time. But praise God, I'm here. And I got it done. Well, I want to share with you um, a new song. Um, finally, I got one of my com- my computers fixed, and um, I'm able to set some music. And I wanted to share this this a wonderful song that worships the Lord, um, and it talks about um, the storm. And so here we go. Well, I hope you enjoy it, and I'll be back in a little bit. Turning in your favor Watch him work it for your good He's not done with what he started He's not done until it's good Hello
had a great week and if you didn't we'll get you back on track i pray that everything has gone well for all of you and um it's been a busy week for me um but thank god i got the day off today and i was enjoying that um i wanted to talk to you a little bit about the storms um i know we've heard that before but there is something in this scripture that I'm going to read to you um, that it shows uh, a strategy there from the Word of God on how we're we're um, to trust the Lord, and I believe that um, well, it all started with a, a thought that the Lord had dropped in my spirit this week and I couldn't help to see that God was talking to me. He gave me a message in an interesting way. It had to do with the waters. It seems like he was trying to get my attention with boats and ships and the water and I uh, I would go to church service and there were songs with waves and, and I'm there it is again. God was wanting to get my attention. Waters, um, like in the sea and the ocean body of waters, she showed me that just like in the body of waters, there are uh, creatures in the waters. He showed me there are also spiritual creatures that associate with what is called the marine spirit. And I won't talk too much about that, um, but it's what they do. And um, I'm going to begin talking about the way the symptoms of different demons i'm not going to get into deliverance or anything but i want you to get into the a scene what 
how some of these spirits will um, oppress people. And that way you can get help. Or in the future, as the Lord leads me, uh, we'll pray against those things over you. Um, he was showing me just like that in, in the body, in bodies of water, that there's these creatures in the spirit realm. And um, they're associated with the with water, the marine spirits. Like, you know, the marines, uh, like an octopus, like uh, uh, the mermaid spirit, um, the squid spirit. There are different spirits that um, in the future weeks, I'll be talking about so that you can see uh, what things may be uh, attacking you and not, you not even knowing it. Some of these things may be even generational. So I'll talk about it another night, but I just wanted to skim over that and talk a little bit of that. I want to give you what the, the bigger picture of how you may be affected by these spirits. Um, it all has to do with waters, right? And the enemy brings storms, right? Uh, we see that with uh, Jesus, with the, the disciples, um, the, apostles, the disciples in the water where they have a storm. And it was the enemy. He quiet the, the seas and he spoke to the seas. Why? Because there's uh, uh, demonic forces that are, you know, uh, coming against people through those um, storms. But there are storms in life that we face, that we sometimes have to deal with, right? So this has to do with water and the storms, and the topic will be about anchors. So God was showing me storms, right, and um, the tr troubles that come with storms in life. Uh, for example, uh, the marriages can have storms, careers, families, health. Our country can go through a storm. The world can go through a storm, which we just saw with uh, with COVID. Um, I believe God is showing me these things to help you understand, just like in the physical, we may encounter enemies in the natural. I mean, the spiritual and the, the natural, both in both sides. And how spiritually we are uh, also, we also encounter those enemies, but that there are spiritual enemies. And I'm trying to make it as simple as I can because, you know, we have a lot of people that are new to PGN, um, and they may not understand all the things that, that go with that, that uh, all the understanding of that. And you may be thinking, oh, this is boring. No. But allow me to explain something so that those that are new can understand um, what happens in the spirit realm as it happens in the natural. For those that understand, patience. Okay, please bear with me because we have different kind we have different kinds of people, different levels um, that listen to the show and don't understand everything. So I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible. So I have to speak as simple as I can. So um, he wants us to be alert to the enemy's tactics and to listen to instructions on how to fight the enemy. The enemy. We have them in the physical, we have them in the natural. Um, and we have to avoid pitfalls that set us against, that may set us um, against us before we fail and we can end up being shipwrecked, right? Um, and we need to turn to our Bibles to learn what God is saying because that's our manual for life. 
And that's where we're going to receive instruction. God was showing me this week uh, something that had happened to my son-in-law about two years ago. He had given him, uh, the family had called him and gave him sad news about his older brother who was who had gone fishing. Um, he was an avid fisherman. When fishing, uh, the waters need to be still in order to catch fish, right? This particular day, the waters were okay, but as he went up the stream, the waters began getting turbulent. Uh, my son-in-law's brother decided to put the rope to his uh, his anchor onto his ankle in order for it not to jump off the boat because of the turbulence. The boat flipped over. And the anchor dragged him down to his death. He had a vest, but the anchor pulled him way down. It was just too much. It was sad for the family. They grieved, but eventually moved on. He now is hardly mentioned in the family's conversation. He wasn't a godly man. He was what everybody would consider a good man, right? He was a father, a husband, but that was it. How tragic. And so that was a senseless death because he didn't pay attention to what he needed to pay attention. And in the wrong moment, I mean, he had gone many times fishing, but this time the waters were turbulent. It was like it was just moving the boat. So there are boats in life and there there are ships in life. In a boat, you may have, that may be your life. In a ship, there may be many people that are involved in the same storm. And then, um, but, and we have to understand that storms are going to come to everybody. Um, some people are not ready for them, just like my son-in-law's brother. He wasn't ready for that to, to happen. It was so senseless. And when storms come, they hit us. We don't know what to do. And they come sometimes because other people do things to bring those storms because of disobedience or because of our own disobedience. Then the Lord will lead. Um, uh, the Lord will lead us out of those storms, out of being shipwrecked, uh, whether it's our fault or somebody else's fault. Um, there's the story of Paul when God had a mission for him that he needed to complete, he took him through the strangest avenues to get him to stand before Caesar, but he had to go uh, to prison. He was in prison and taken by ship to get there, right? So what the enemy means for evil will surely be used by God for our good. Look what happened to Paul and how the enemy wanted to take him out. And to stop him from doing what God had ordained him to do. He wanted to shipwreck him and all the people that were with him. So let's look at Acts 27, 1 through 44. And when it was decided that we should sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustan Regiment. So entering a ship of Adromedum, he put to sea, meaning to sail along the coast of Asia. Archaeus and 
a Macedonian of Thessalonica was with us. And the next day, we landed at Sidon. And Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him liberty to go to his friend and receive care. So I guess he was beaten, and so his friends were taking care of him. When we had put to sea from there, we sailed under the shelter of Cyprus because the winds were contrary. So these sailors were starting to see winds forming. And when we had sailed over the sea, which is off Sicilia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra and a city of Lycia. There the centurions found an Alexandrian ship sailing to Italy, and he put us on board. When we had sailed slowly many days and arrived with difficulties off Sindus, and winds not permitting us to proceed. We sailed under the shelter of Crete off Salomon. Passing it with difficulties, we came to a place called Fair Haven, near the city of Lycia. Now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because it was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo ship, but also our lives. So he wasn't prophesying. He was saying what he was sensing. He said that he felt like there was going to be problems with the ship and with their lives, that they were going to have a disaster. Nevertheless, the centurion was more, more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. Don't you see that sometimes we may warn people at times and they won't take our advice, but yet they'll take the advice of somebody else. In this case, they were taking the advice of people that were sailors like themselves that knew the seas. So they were like looking at Paul and saying, you're not a sailor, you you don't know anything. Sometimes people will look at us and, and think when we're being used to, to warn them about something, a, a danger coming ahead, they won't listen because we're not, we are not experienced like them. But here, Paul was, was sensing, you know, he was already seeing, look, the waters are, are, are turbulent. And because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail from there also. If by any means they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete opening towards the southwest and northwest, and winter there. When the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close to Crete. But not long after, a tempest-headed wind arose called Aeroclidion. And um, they they named it Aeroclidion. And today, we see hurricanes that are named uh, by names, by human names. Um, But they started seeing that things looked okay. So they looked, so it appeared that they looked okay. And um, 
there was a tempest ahead with those winds. And um, I've seen this before. I remember some years back when uh, my parents in Puerto Rico, uh, many years ago, had a hurricane called Maria. And this hurricane, there were several that were coming by. I think there was one Jose and another one Irma. And I was talking to my mother, and I all of a sudden I, I prophesied, and she wouldn't listen. She was like, you know, she, she didn't care to hear that. And, but I warned her, and I told her, Mom, this hurricane is coming. The person, uh, the, the, the hurricane, Irma, is going to do some damage. Jose is not going to do any damage. But Maria will bring sorrow to Puerto Rico. And my mom said, oh, what are you saying? She, she kind of rebuked me and didn't want to hear what I had to say. And sure enough, when Maria came, that was the worst hurricane that Puerto Rico in a long time had had received. And I told my mother and my mom, they were surprised. And I had told her, prepare, make sure that you get, you know, you're in the right place in the house, protect yourself. And um, when I went to visit Puerto Rico, even maybe a year, year and a half later, it looked terrible. It looked like uh, an atomic bomb had, had hit. All the trees were cut. It was awful. I mean, you could see a lot of land because of the trees that had fallen. It was just like chopped off. It was horrible. So when the ship here um, was caught and could not head into the wind, we let let her drive, it says. And running under the shelter of an island called Clauda, we secured the skiff with difficulties. The skiff are like those little boats on the side of a ship. They secured them on the side. Okay, continue. When, when they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship. And fearing least they should run around on the citrus sands, they struck soil and so were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day, they lightened the ship. So here we see that they they packed down the little ships. They brought certain things into the ship, and they were they were um, they were fearing that the 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 ship would hit and um, drag them, and so they couldn't do anything. So because of the the winds tossing and uh, tossing the ship back and forth. So they lightened the ship. They started tossing things out out of the ship. They started uh, making the ship lighter because as the ship got lighter, I guess it stood higher and, and that water wouldn't come in. So sometimes when we're in storms, we have to lighten ourselves up. We have to let go. Let go of the things that are weighing us down in storms. And the reason why I'm talking to you about this tonight is I've been through storms. And that has shown me some things that that they work over and over again when you're going through a storm. And it's not fun. 
it feels like you're going through a roller coaster. It feels like, like, oh, I want to get out of here. But that's a, a dangerous prayer to say because you don't want to get out of where God is putting you because if you do, what's going to happen? You're going to have to go back again, back around the mountain. Okay, so do you have to toss some things in your storm right now? Are you going through a storm that you need to get rid of certain things or or certain people out of your way? Things that if you don't will steal your life before the storm is over. Do you have to make some decisions where you have to get things out of your life because it's causing you to sink? It's going to cause you to shipwreck? Maybe some relationships, maybe some behaviors, maybe it's a job, that eating habit, that affair. Maybe it, you're, you have an argumentative spirit that you have with your spouse that is going to shipwreck your marriage. That addiction, that spending of money, you don't deal with these things in your ship, in your storm. It's going to take you down. What things do you need to toss out? What behaviors do you need to toss out? What relationships do you need to toss out? Okay, let's go back. On the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you have had lessons. We should have listened to me. You should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Now he's prophesying to them. They had been fasting for 14 days. They hadn't had food. He's saying, you didn't listen to me. And because you didn't listen to me, now look what's happened. You didn't have to incur into all this, all this loss, this disaster. Do you want your way or God's way? Sometimes people will tell you, godly people, the prophets will tell you, you know, change. You have this is what God is showing you. You need to do this. Do you want it your way? Do you want to keep on living the way that you're living and incur loss in your life? The loss of your family because you don't know how to treat them right? Do you want to lose your own life because you want to do what you want to do and your ways is better? Paul explained to them He had a dream from God. So let's continue reading. For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be bought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told. So he's telling them, this is what an angel told me, God, that everything's going to be all right. Paul goes on 
with godly instructions telling them, don't do, let's not do this. You know, God is saying that we're going to be okay. Do you want God's instructions or do you want to do it your way or the way that others say? Sometimes people may think that they they know about finances or they think that they know how to deal with your marriage. Why not listen to the godly godly advisors? Why not to listen to someone that has been tested and proven that is godly with that knows how to handle money than listening to to the world and their ways of doing things. Okay. However, let's go back. However, we must run aground on a certain island. Now, when the 14th night had come, as we were driven up and down in the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors sensed that they were drowning near, drawing near some land. So it was dark. So there was no way of them seeing anything. But, but these sailors were expert at sailors, and they knew more or less how to handle storms, and they knew when they were getting close to to land. Why? They had to pay attention to all of that. Otherwise, if they didn't, and at night they didn't uh, pay attention to these things, they could crash onto land, and they could drown. Even in such short distance, they could drown and die. All right. About midnight, the sailors sensed that they were drawing near some land, and they took surroundings and found it to be 20 Phantoms, and when they had gone a little further, they took soundings again and found it to be 15 phantoms. So I guess it has something to do with the sound that they measure how many feet they were away. A phantom is a unit of length equal to six feet. So there's some way that they, they as sailors, they knew how to measure that. And so each phantom was six feet. So in this case, 20 feet by six feet, it was uh, by six, 20 phantoms by six feet is 120 feet. So they were, they were sensing 120 feet away. But when they measured it again, it was five phantoms by six feet, and that was 90 feet. So it was a, a distance of 30 feet left. And so they were noticing a, a big difference, that they were getting closer. They were really getting closer, and they had to pay attention because if not, they can shipwreck on land. Then, And they didn't want to lose the ship. Then fearing, let's go back, then fearing least we should run aground on the rocks they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for days to come. So it was dark. They were, pray- they were praying that the day would quickly come so that they can see, so that if they were to crash on the rocks, they wouldn't lose their lives because they could be swimming the, the opposite way. They would not be able to, to go to, in the right directions at, at night, not being able to see where they were, they were swimming. So there were praying, oh, let it be day, let it be day. And as the soldiers, I mean, sailors were, were seeking to escape from the ship, when they had let down the, the skiff, the little boats, into the sea, under pretense of putting out anchors for the, the, the pro, 
so the sailors were thinking, oh, we're going to throw the, the little boats out. And they were pretending that they were throwing the anchors because they were planning to escape on the little boats. But you, as you know, many ships do not have enough little boats to save everybody. Have you heard of the Titanic? The Titanic was a big ship, and there were boats, but not everybody could have them. Many people lost their lives on the Titanic. Lately, we were we have been listening to the stories of these people that were on these little submarines, and they lost their lives. They lost their lives. They did things their way, according to the news. The uh, the the person that created that that submarine, they had been trying to stop him for a long time from using those submarines. They weren't safe. But he li- didn't listen, and because he didn't listen, they all died. And so, once again, this was a story near the Titanic. And so what happened with the Titanic? The same thing happened. They crashed into an iceberg, and all that water came in. But why did the sailors not want to be near this ship? Because it is known that... If you are near in a sinking ship, the pressure of that ship coming down will create a vacuum that will suck everything around it in. And so people that are around it will will drown and die. And so they knew that, and they didn't want to stay on the ship. They wanted to move fast away from the ship as possible because it was going to bring them down. Either way, it was going to bring them down, whether they were close or they were they hit rock because all of that would have brought them all down. And so they were the sailors knew what to do and how to save their lives. But Paul said to to the centurion and the soldiers um, and the sailors, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the rope of the skiff, the little boats, and let it fall off. So they cut them off to make sure that nobody was going to get out of the, the ship. Isn't it like that, uh, that some people do that when they see that there's difficulties, there's storms in, in a life, in, in a marriage, in a business? What do they want to go do? They want to jump ship. They want to go. They want to leave. And instead of facing the music, and working together to save the ship, people will jump. Or save a marriage, people will jump. And they won't they won't stand there and do what they need to do because fear will keep them from wanting to stay. So this is what these soldiers wanted to do. Okay, let's go back to the the scriptures. And as day was about to dawn. See, dawn. There was dawn. When what happens when the dawn breaks? Light comes. The sun comes up. Paul implored them all to take food, saying, "Today is the fourteenth day. You have waited and continued without food and eaten nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take nourishment, for this is for your survival, since not a hair will fall from the head of any of you." And when he said had said these things, he took bread and gave 
thanks to them, thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. So they were not only fasting, it was a forced fast. But they took communion. (laughs) They took communion. So we see here that the storm, the day of break, the the daytime, the dawn will come. It's not going to last forever. You need to stay in it and need to trust God. It was about to be the appearing of the day where they can see, where they can see the light. Sometimes it seems like when you go through storms, like that's not ever going to change. Like when you're going through certain things, it's never going to change. And that's not true. That's the enemy lying to you when you're going through struggles. So when you're going through that, maybe it's time to fast. It's time to do communion and and acknowledge God. Then they were all encouraged and also took food themselves. And in all, we were 276 persons on the ship. That was a lot of people. So when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and threw out the wheat into the sea. When it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they observed a bay with a beach onto which they planned to run the ship if possible. So they were looking to to make sure that this ship did not crash. It was best for them to get close, and as the day break, there was more light. They, they could possibly either take something to to flow to shore, but at least the ship would not have been wrecked. It it, it took a lot for them, and they didn't want to shipwreck the you know with the with the their ship. When it was a when it was day, they did not recognize the land, so it was still like dust, you know, halfway light, a little bit light, a little bit dark. It still wasn't enough light, and and they let go of the anchors. And let them in the sea, meanwhile losing the rudder ropes, and they hasted they hoisted the mainsail to the wind and made for shore. But striking a place where two seas met, they ran the ships aground, and their prow stuck fast and remained immovable. But the stern was being broken up by the violence of the waves, so they had trouble. They put the, the the four anchors. Why four? Because two were for the back and two were for the front. They couldn't just do one. It was a big ship. In small boats, you would need one. But in big boats, you would need four. But even in four, there is a lesson there. This anchor helped the ship not to be destroyed. Do you need to let some things go? They threw the wheat, food. They threw the food overboard. It's either there. Sometimes we have to let go of our flesh and spend time with the Lord when we're going through storms. And food and other things, entertainment and all that, sometimes has to, to wait. I mean, eventually you will get to eat. Eventually you'll you'll get to do the things that you want. But sometimes 
when you're going through storms, you need to put your full attention onto the Lord or else your situation will get worse and you'll be shipwrecked. And the soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners, least any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion wanting to save Paul kept them from their purpose and commanded that those who called, who could swim should jump abroad overboard first and get to the land. And the rest, some of on boards and others on parts of the ship. And so it was that they all escaped safely to land. So what they did was that. Some knew, um, most likely they were the soldiers and the sailors. They probably knew how to, how to swim. But others had to take something to float on, parts of the ship that was destroyed. They didn't make it. The ship didn't make it because the rudders, it was just a big force of, you know, strong wind. So it probably tore into it. God will have a way is what I see in this story. God will have a way of escape to save you if you truly listen and want not only for your good, but for the good of others. If you really care about others, God will make a way. If you really care about your marriage, if you really care about doing a good job, God will save you and others. And so sometimes fasting You need to hear from God for direction. They listened to Paul. Paul's words were God's words. When we're in a storm of life, we need to run to God's words to hear his instruction, to hear what do we do next. We need to spend time in God's presence. That's where we belong. That's where we know God is. And where God is, nothing bad is going to happen. Isaiah 41.10 is my favorite scripture. God says, fear not, for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed. Remember I said last week, he will help you with his strong arm, his arm of righteousness. We have to be in right standing to hear God, to hear his instruction. We can't live life our way and do things our way and think we're going to hear from God. So weird that As I mentioned last week, there was a lawyer in our city who had a commercial that said that they were the strong arm. This lawyer committed suicide. It was his arm that did this, not the Lord's. People don't handle your life. Don't handle your life, people. Let Jesus be your strong arm. He will save you. He loves you more than you can even imagine. So the anchors were dropped. They threw the anchors. They were they were four, two to the front, two to the back. So it, if you didn't put the anchors right, then the anchor would pull from one side or from the other, and that would destroy the ship and, and break it apart. But because of the winds were so strong, still did it. But can you imagine how worse it would have been if they didn't do it all at the same time? It would have really tore the the, the ship apart real quick and more lives 
would have been lost. But none were. Yes, there were some bad things. Maybe you had a car accident and God was telling you not to go through a certain certain um, street, but you didn't listen. You did what you wanted to. You got banged up, but because you cried out to God for help, spared you. We had a sister last week that talked about that. She had an accident, but while she was having the accident, she cried out, and God, God protected her. Yeah, the car was messed up, but her life was spared. What do anchors do? Anchor. Are devices, usually of metal, attached to a ship or boat by a, a cable or chain and lowered to the seabed to hold the vessel in a particular place by means of a flux or pointed position that digs into the sea bottom. But if an anchor keeps on dragging on sand, that ship can keep on dragging for a long time. The ship needs to dra- grab on something firm, like rocks, something that would hold it in place. But because of the storms were so strong, it, it did more than pull. Anchors are important, and, and the rock here represents Jesus. We need to anchor our lives on Jesus to stabilize us to stop us from going shipwreck. The first anchor is God's word. Without God's word, you're basically with three anchors left, and that will be a problem always. We always need God's word. We need to read God's word because that's where we're going to get instructions. That's where we're going to get the leading that we need to do, the things that we need to do in order to get through the storms of life. The second anchor is God's presence. Without God's presence, you're not going anywhere. You're not going to sense what he's saying. You're not going to sense where he's at because wherever God is, there's safety. The third anchor has to do with mercy. They cried out for mercy. They were praying. They were fasting. They weren't eating. Sometimes you have to cry out. And that, that, that crying out in that is putting an anchor for God to come. And some people may say, but that's not walking in faith. But you know what? When, when you're going through a, a storm, you don't have time to, to see God and start reading the, the word of God. You need to, you know, cry out for mercy. But you know what? That's, that's still good. That's not a bad thing. When you can't cry out to God, cry out for mercy. That mercy, you're crying out to God because you're trusting and you're asking for help. For his mercy is still faith. It's still faith. Look at this scripture and I'll prove it to you. He was saying that their faith was their confidence in him. So there's a scripture that talks about a man that would cry out to Jesus. And then Jesus healed him, and he says, you know, that his faith has healed him. And so you see, he cried out for mercy. So asking for mercy when you can't do anything else is having faith, confidence in what God can do. 
Your anchor has to be in God's word, his direction, in God, not in yourself, in the things, not in the things of this world or the people like, like these um, sailors did. They had confidence in the sailors because they had experience. They didn't listen to the man of God. But when you fail to listen to godly advice, in the midst of godly advisors, the word of God says, there is victory. Because you nor those things that have the powers have power to save you or your loved ones. So the last thing that people want to do is stop eating and fasting, spending time with the Lord. And they'll keep on going through these storms. So whether your life is a boat where you are the only one being carried by that boat or a large ship where there are many people being carried by that ship, these represent your lives in storms, represent the troubles you face. Our walk with Jesus is like a love story. We first get to know about him, then our relationship is about knowing who he is and what you and uh, his love for you is all about, knowing that he won't leave you or forsake you. There's a relationship that develops. I'm not saying that because you know he is with you, that life is always going to be peachy, that life is always going to be a bed of roses. No. Just because you know Jesus doesn't mean that you're going to escape the storms. I told my sister some years ago, I said, you know what? Everybody goes through storms. Give it enough time. Live long, long enough and you'll see that you'll have a storm. Nobody escapes them. Some people may seem like everything is wonderful and nothing happens, but then bam, one thing after the other. I'm not saying that, that you know, everything's going to be perfect. As time passes, you grow closer and closer to Jesus. Your relationship can't stay on the shores. God loves you. He loves you, but he loves you too much to leave you alone. And so you have to decide. You can't stay on the shores. You, you got to go in deeper. You have to go in deeper. And, and trust that he's taking you in a place where it's the unknown, where it's scary. But that's how you're going to grow. And you may encounter storms. And the enemy will make sure that, that things, he'll try to stop you one way or another. We must go deeper. But understand, as we go deeper, the enemy has those plans to shipwreck you. And you, you have to be prepared to know his word, and his presence. God gives you time sometimes. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes life hits you and you have the storms without even knowing God. But sometimes that is also used by God to draw you closer to him, to know that even though you didn't know him, he saves you like he did with these people, these prisoners. There is, a, there is not much difference between mercy and grace. It's mercy is the kindness and compassion shown to one who offends, while grace is an abiding presence of God in our souls. 
which lifts us up. And that word is used interchangeably, grace and mercy. You know, we hear that in the word where um, it says, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of our lives. Um, in the story of Heinz feet at the end, um, God changed the names of the angels that were with uh, with the, the person that was in that story. Um, what was it? It was mu- uh, much afraid. Her name changed later on to Grace and Glory because she was transformed. She was changed. She followed the path that the Lord had for her, the path of love. And so, and storms came and, and different things came at her and attacks came at her and she changed. But she had two companions that were called sorrow and suffering. Sometimes we, we have sorrow and suffering in our lives. But you know what? God changes them to joy and peace later on. And there is a joy and a peace that comes with sharing to share with others what we have gone through, the, the storms that we have gone through, showing other people the way that they can get through it too, that they don't have to be shipwrecked, that they don't have to prematurely die or have their marriages die or have whatever they have die. Just don't stop. Keep moving. Keep pressing in. Keep serving the Lord. Keep reading the word. Keep being in his presence. Keep Seeking God for and having asking for mercy, seek Him. He's there for you. He will never He will never leave you or forsake you. So mercy is us seeing God's character of compassion and forgiveness to show us that God doesn't have to do it, but because He loves us, we cry out, and He shows us His love through compassion and forgiveness when we are faced with trouble that come or that others bring in our lives. Asking for mercy still is having faith, even when things have failed. That's it. It's faith. People may think, oh, but I'm crying out to God. I failed. I I failed miserably. No, but you're still trusting God when you're asking God for mercy. God, have mercy on us. Help us with this. We can't do this. If you don't do it, we keep, it won't happen, Lord. It's, you need, we need you. Let me show you how Paul, he was sensing darkness creeping in, but others were not, right? And we are, we're going to find ourselves in positions like that where we are sensing that there is a darkness coming ahead, like right now. We're seeing what uh, the United States is going through, and we're sensing darkness coming and that there's going to be trouble, while other people are saying, oh, they've always said that. Oh, they're always saying that Jesus is going to come. Oh, and they're not paying attention. They're not seeing what we're seeing because they're listening to other voices that don't know what they're talking about. We all don't know exactly when these dark days will come and we'll be here fully. Just like these, the, uh, my son-in-law's brother didn't expect the turbulence coming on his boat when he normally went fishing. 
just like Julius the centurion in the Augustan regiment, he he took Paul and other prisoners on his ship. He didn't expect the storm to nearly kill them. He didn't expect it. There are storms coming ahead, whether we like it or not, and we have to be prepared. And these are the anchors that I have given you to read the word, be in his presence, ask for mercy, and know that God is in control. God is everywhere. God knows exactly what's going to happen. We don't have to fear tomorrow. God's going to make a way. Whatever you're facing, God will make a way. Now, as you seek him, you will find, like Paul, maybe you're the only one hearing from God. That's okay. That's okay. You're going to serve God in the midst of those that are disobedient and unbelieving. Then they'll find out that you serve a living God. And then they'll ask you, how do you do it? How do I serve him too? Sometimes you may have to be the only one, the lone ranger. And then things will happen and they'll see. You may be used to be the one God uses to save them from shipwreck. Or your own disobedience may bring you to a place of near shipwreck. So we don't want that. I'm giving you the word so that you understand There is a way to avoid shipwreck. God is your solid rock. You can anchor your life on him. He isn't sinking sand that doesn't allow your anchor to keep dragging and never find a solid ground to hold on to. He can and will always be that solid rock, that firm foundation you can stand on. Be prepared for the storms. Don't be like those that don't get maybe car insurance or medical insurance because they don't think it won't it won't happen to them. So they don't they don't need it, they don't get it. They aren't prepared. They don't think anything will happen to them until the storm of life hits them. Until that accident happens. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. He wants to do you good and not evil. The enemy is not all knowing like God. He's not sovereign. He's not everywhere. He doesn't know everything. But you know what? He has tricks up his sleeve to make you look like he knows it all. You know how he does that? I spoke about marine spirits. He sends um, different spirits, monitoring spirits to watch, watch over you and report back to Satan what you're doing. That's how he finds out what you're doing. It's not that he's all-knowing. He has people he uses. He uses even animals to stop you from that purpose. Animals are used by the enemy. People are used by the enemy. Be careful who you allow in your life. Be careful who who spends time with you that is trying to sidetrack you and prevent you from getting close to God. Then, once the enemy knows what your condition is and all about you. They study you, but these demons study you. They can strategize against you to stop you from God's plans, the good plans, the plans to have a good future. He'll try to stop that. 
but it's up to you to allow God and not fear going into the waters, into the deeper relationship with God, with your love with him. Don't be afraid. God's got you covered just like he had Paul. Know him. Know he loves you. He will help you when you miss it, even when you miss it, even when you mess up. No, God is still in control. <laughs> even when you you miss it like the, the centurion, he missed it. He didn't know. He didn't listen to Paul. Yet God saved him. He protected them. And if God is in control, you don't have anything to fear because as long as you know who you are in him, staying in his presence, knowing that you don't have, you don't, you're where God is and you don't go anywhere he's not, you'll make it. You'll make it where he has plans for you to go. The deeper you go into the waters and let go and hear his direction, the more you will learn how not to let the enemy stop you. God says victory is yours. It's done. Come deeper. Prepare yourself. Don't allow the enemy to set you back. Get back on track if you're, or you will go around the mountain again and again and again until you decide to stay and trust God and let him be in control and know what he's doing with your life, even though it hurts. Don't get off the parters, Clay. Let God do what he wants to do in your life until you stay in his word, until you keep in his presence, knowing he will get you out when you make mistakes. He'll have mercy on you. Don't die in the wilderness. Don't have a shipwreck. Keep moving. Keep believing. Keep trusting. You're not going anywhere if you, you're um, okay You're going to be safe in God. But it's your your responsibility to stay close to God. And you will be prepared when those storms come. You will be prepared and nothing will happen to you. The things that are are, are nothing that you can't take with you to heaven, those things will flee away. You can't take money with you. You can't take things with you, but you can take people with you. So um, the enemy does things. He'll send spirits to try to stop you. He'll, if you can't send spirits, he'll send people to distract you, to get you off course. It could get you through a husband, through a girlfriend, through a mean boss that gets you so wrapped up in work that you, you forget God more and more. That's God's, that's Satan's strategy, you know. Don't let him sidetrack you. Another way is through your mind. Do you have trouble with your mind? Maybe have trouble controlling your thoughts? Maybe have migraines? Maybe you're doubting, you're, you're always doubting, you're double, doubting yourself constantly, and you don't know what to do or where to go. That may be a spirit oppressing you, stopping you from you getting to the place that God wants you to go. 
mind-binding spirits, they're called. Mind-binding spirits. And sometimes the marine spirit of the octopus is a, a really tricky one because it has t- different tentacles. And you may get the doubting, you may get the the uh, casting out of the, the doubts and you may cast out uh, imaginations and you may cast this and that. But if you don't get the real spirit, the, the octopus spirit by the core, those tentacles will grow out again and you'll still have those problems. So it is important to stay in the word and continue doing that and listening to the Holy Spirit's strategy on how to come against the enemy. He'll tell you the, 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 the spirit that's at work in your life, the spirit that's at work maybe in your family's life, trying to stop you from getting close to God. Mm-hmm. So we'll be talking about that more and giving more examples of that mind-binding, um, that spirit of, uh, of the octopus, those uh, marine spirits, how they operate and, and, and show you the symptoms, how they do things to stop you from your purpose and your plan, the good purpose and plan God has for you. And so we have to do the, we have to seek deliverance. We can do self-deliverance on some things, but some things are hard, are hard to get rid of. And so staying in the word, being prayerful, staying in righteousness, that'll help you to, to seek that. Sometimes you need help from somebody else. Sometimes you need to go to the church and ask for prayer because it's not something that you can do by yourself. It's important to stay connected with the church. Find someone that you can trust in the church. You know, the pastors know the ministries, ministries that do deliverance, ministries that that are in the prophetic. The fivefold ministry needs to be operating in those churches. Seek out. Don't stay alone. Don't be a long ranger because you're going to ruin yourself. You're not going to have the help. You're going to be in a, in a boat, and, and the storms will come, and the enemy will take you out, and you don't want that. Stay close to God's presence. Stay close to God. Seek him. Pray. All right. Well, I'm going to finish with that, and I'm going to take call. And uh, let me begin with our first caller. Let's see. Oh, wait, give me a minute. I'm going to have to. All right. Let's see if I can do this from here. All right. Uh, 804-218, your name and where you're from. 804-218. He's from Virginia. Angie from Virginia. All right. Let me let me uh pray for you and then, then I'll come back to you. Give me a moment. Okay. Is that I'm using my 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 computer and haven't used it in a while, so it, it's kinda of throwing me off. Well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for Miss Angie, Father God. Thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. You 
I sense that you have been one that have experienced storms and you know how to stay close to the Lord. And the Lord is going to give you such joy as you share your experiences, your storms with others. It's going to increase, increase, increase more and more the joy of the Lord because you're showing other people the way to God, the way to God. And God, Miss Angie, I sense the Lord is going to uh, give you more opportunities in the coming days, especially as the days get darker. He's going to use you mightily to minister to people, to help them stay at peace. And that's going to, in, in turn, help you to stay at peace also because they will bring a reminder to you knowing that God did it before, he's going to do it again and again and again and again. So I thank you, Lord, for your servant, Father God. I pray that you would bless her, Father. Bless her in her finances. Bless her in her, her, her body. Bless her, Father God, in her words, Father God. Continue touching her and giving her more. To whom much is given, much is required, and you are one that has been given much. But God knows that he can trust you. God knows he can trust you, and therefore he's going to give you more. So we thank you, Father God, because you know that the riches of the world are nothing comparing to having Jesus. Having Jesus. I see you with a crown, a beautiful crown. Sister Angie, a beautiful crown. So beautiful on you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And so it's a it's a crown, like really transparent, because that's how you are. You're transparent. You are what you are. That's what you give other people. You see what you see is what you get. And so you have this this transparent crown. It's beautiful. It shines. It it has different colors. Beautiful colors. So I thank you, Lord, for this crown. I pray, Father God, that you give her more so that she can lay it at your feet and give it to you because it's all you, Lord. It's all you. All you. So we thank you, Lord, for her life. We thank you, Lord, for the things you're going to do. You know what? Sometimes people don't understand that it's not all these things that are around us that we gain. That some, sometimes people equate um, having money and possessions as a sign of having God, and that's not necessarily so. I mean, you can have things, even, you know, having houses, and you cannot have it. And so you've learned that. It's not things, but it's having Jesus. And so it's okay to have things, but it's, it's, it's having Jesus that makes it even better, that makes these things, having these things worthwhile because we know what we, we can do with it to further the kingdom, but it's not necessarily a sign of having God. So we thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus for her life. Bless her. Bless her family. Keep her, especially in the coming days. Keep her strong, Father. 
You know, I see a handkerchief, and I see, like, the handkerchief has been used. It's wet. You've been, uh, it's been used for crying. And so God says that he sees all those tears, that he sees all those tears tears, that nothing that you've prayed about he has he not heard. He sees, he hears. He's working on it. He's working on it. So we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, let's see. Okay, let's get back to him. Hello, Sister Angie, how are you? Wonderful, thank you. <laughs> well, how encouraging. <laughs> yes, I have been in many, many storms, some of them of my own making. <laughs> oh, Lord. What can you share with us about that? Uh, well, I, could, I, I, I have been in the, the car accident, slept upside down, turned topsy-turvy, and, you know, I had a check, wow. should I go, should I not go? And because I gave my word, I I went on my word instead of my instinct to reschedule. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It took me for, you know, (laughs) but then I, I, then I wouldn't have experienced that supernatural healing in the middle of my, uh, at 930, January the 18th, 2013, in the middle of my shed, all of a sudden, bam, God healed me after a day of doing communion all day long. So, wow. you know, so, you got <laughs> so I can just say amen, amen, and oh yeah, I did. Yep, that's how. That, that's exactly how it goes. <laughs> and then you, you know, I dreamed that I went to heaven, and you know, on one side it's very dark. There's the accuser telling you everything, and it's even agreeing with the voice within yourself. You know, you're going yeah, yeah, yeah. You're spinning round and round. You want to run and hide, and then you think to yourself, Angie, where can you run and hide? You know. God's everywhere. You're not going to be able to hide. You've got to turn and face. And when you turn and face, what do you do? You look, you see. You know, he looks at you, you look at him, and there's a gaze that goes through you. And you just drop to your knees and go, mercy, God. So I can just say amen to everything you said earlier, you know. And it said, and he said, wow. mercy is what I want to extend. And, you know, I can't tell you what he looks like, but I can tell you that 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 I, I saw him, you know what I'm saying? And that, that look of uh, that came back at me and that smile that came through me and the love that poured through me is mercy is what I want to give. You know, that mm-hmm. was what he said. And then I came back and, you know, there was a key and I locked my shoulder and I could lift my arm, you know. So wow. it's, it's all about the adventures. I wouldn't trade them for anything. Wow. No, we learn lessons, and we learn to get stronger, and we learn to, to we learn these things to help others, and that gives us even more joy. Uh, it it's so satisfying that when you've gone through, and you didn't understand it, you it's almost like passing a baton. The other person goes even faster. It's almost like what you've experienced helps others to go further and faster. And that they don't have to go through the same things you did because you didn't know. 
And so staying in church, staying with godly people, surrounded with godly people, that makes life better. It makes life better. It doesn't mean that the, the storms don't stop coming. They do, but. When we're surrounded well, I, by the body even of Christ, we can. There comes a time that you may not even be able to go to church, but even during right. those times, yeah. you can still go to fellowship and that communion and mm-hmm. that union. And, you know, I mean, there were times that a lot of things that I did, I had to do by myself. I had to, you know, I, I got mm-hmm. into the dump truck by myself, drove it to the pit, loaded it up, took it to the job, spread it out. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, Mm -hmm. I did a lot of things alone, but in that time there was communion and, you know, there was that you and me, me and you, God, you know, Mm -hmm. and And oh, look at this situation. We have a situation here, you know what I'm saying? I need some help. Give me some inspiration here. I don't know how to, you know. succeed in this job it's it's more than I can handle it you know I'm breaking my teeth it's more than I can chew (laughs) help me (laughs) and then that inspiration of the moment you know gets you on you know my britches are hung on the nail but yeah 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 here he comes and gets me down and so here you go (laughs) the squander off (laughs) so yeah I mean I got lots of fun stories and happy times I got lots of tears and lots of sad times, yeah. Share with us some of that. I I was really debating on what what to title this, but I knew it had to be. Well, I can tell you, the day that Mike began to, you know, the time that Mike began to spit up blood. And, you know, I had, had signed a contract of doing snow removal. And I was, I was like, God, I don't want to. I don't want my husband to pass and not me not be with him. I don't want, you know, um, and I don't want to mm-hmm. not go to uh, go to work and not be able to put a keep a roof over our head. You know, God, what do I do? What do I do? And I remember, you know, I was just so afraid, and everything in me shook. I said, you know, God, I'd not sell my moment. I'm not selling my moment. You know. Is this the moment that that's you know I'm being tempted with? What is the solution? And I went into the woman's bathroom. There was pink tile and it was cold up against my face. And I began to to wail and say, God, there is a solution, but I can't. I don't know what it is. And then all of a sudden, it came to me. Tell Michael that if he spits up more than a, than a tablespoon, to call nine one one first. Tell you know, mm-hmm. the second thing is is to call you and say, Angie, I'm on my way to the hospital. I'm going to MCV. Meet me there, and I can unhook the equipment and meet him there. No matter what kind of weather it was, I'm a snow removal. I can battle. <laughs> so that was the solution to the moment that gave me peace, that allowed me to have the ability to do what was necessary to be done for the moment. I wouldn't have came up with that on my own. I was too afraid and too frightened. I couldn't see anything. I was blinded by the by the depths of, of being pushed under and pressed down to where there was nothing in me that I had to have something from the heaven to, to be poured into me to rise because I didn't know which way to go. It was like a deer cock. 
caught in headlights. You know, you just stand there in a in a stance. Wow. Wow, I could feel the, the desperation of, of the moment that you desire such a you know, God, what do I yeah. do? What do I do? The way you know, yeah, you put your that. face you put your face and you just you know, or you just bow, you drop you know, you you lay prostrate on the on, you know, before him and say, God, you know, I this is I can't rise from here unless you 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 breathe in me. It is your breath mm-hmm. that I must, I, you know, I got to draw from that. You know, when they told me that, you know, if I didn't have the surgery, I would die, you know, and it was just like, you know, I, I wailed before him. I said, God, if you're done, I'm done, you know, because my next breath, if you're not in it, it's not worth drawing. Mm-hmm. You know, are you mm-hmm. in the next moment? Do we go forward or do we stay here? It makes no difference. It's all on you. What What is, you know, and things begin to open up. You know what I'm saying? At that moment, it was like, you know, I've already been two or three times. They told me the same thing, you know, over and over. I already know what you're saying. But God, you know, getting that surgery is, you know, because I had too much asset and not enough to get assistance. So, I was caught between a rock and a hard place. I had to wail and cry out, oh, God, what is the solution? You know, you know where you I'm at. So well. mm-hmm. And, you know, it worked out. You know what I'm saying? I'm breathing and I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I found myself in places like that where I didn't know what to do, and it was scary, and I cried out to the Lord. And that's those are the times when, I felt the Lord closer to me than ever when I I didn't know what to do, when I did I couldn't or or even when I was going through a divorce that the pain of of going through that and not knowing what to do, I didn't want to get a divorce and I just cried out to the Lord, what am I going to do, Lord? And it, it didn't turn out. It, it that turned out to be a shipwreck, but not because I wanted it. It's because the other person didn't want it. And God got me through all that. God, and I, I grew stronger. I grew stronger having God. So what the enemy meant for evil, knowing, you know, I'm sure he was watching, you know, um, my ex-spouse, what they were doing, and had a, a plan for him. And tried to destroy me, but it didn't destroy me. It made me stronger. And so, you know, God will work it together for good. If you allow God, if you stay close to God, that those things that the enemy will bring to shipwreck you, to destroy your life, you can turn it around and then he makes create something beautiful. Years ago, I I saw some something online that the Japanese do. I don't know the name of it, but when they have, um, you know, like vases and, you know, things that they have that are broken, the way that they repair them is by adding gold in, in those places where they have been broken. And when you look at the piece afterwards, it looks beautiful because of the gold. And so that is kind of like how our lives are, that when we allow God, we give our lives to God, 
to to take the pieces, the broken pieces, and put them together. He makes something better than when they were broken. Something that we can never, you know, imagine it makes it much more beautiful, even more beautiful than those vases that those Japanese people put together with gold. Something more precious than that. But there's a similarity to that because that's the only thing we can find on earth to compare it to, to how beautiful God can make our lives when we allow him to, to change us. And he has a purpose and he has a plan. And I'm sure that the enemy had a, a purpose and a plan in in all that to try to destroy you in the midst of all that suffering. But you didn't allow it. You allowed God to, to draw you even closer. And you have this close relationship with God now that nobody can take away from you. No money, no 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 other relationship can take that from you. You know that nothing can separate you from the love of God. And this is something that we truly have to learn, that we have to allow God to, 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 to take us in and not, not shy away from living in the deep of the life of God in those, in those deep places. Like when he told uh, Peter, come, come, come to the water. Peter was like, you know, you know, there's a storm around us. <laughs> you know, I'm not, this is scary. But you know what? He trusted God, even in the midst of all of that. He walked over the water. He trusted Jesus. And he failed, but that's okay. Because God had mercy and he, he, he lifted him up. And he was the one that, they, that now we read about in the Bible that he overcame all that, those things, that pride, all the, those things. And even later after Jesus had you know, died and rose again, he still made, made mistakes. <laughs> he still made mistakes. He he didn't do things right. He had an argument with Paul, you know, uh, about his his uh, the way that he was handling things. But God used that regardless. And so, whether we're perfect or not, we just stick with it. We just, just keep walking in the in the deep in those deep places, so that we can grow. There's going to be storms in that, but those are teaching lessons. What the enemy means for evil. God's going to turn it around for our good. We should not have fear, but we have to be wise to to know when the enemy is working against us because we can also allow the enemy with what we say and how we live, not living right before the Lord because he's watching us. And like I was talking about monitoring spirits, they're sneaky. They'll be hanging around. And so we constantly have to command those spirits to leave us leave our homes because they're watching so that they can report to the enemy so that they can sabotage the purposes and the plans that God has for us. You know, that was shocking to me to, to, to even realize that there were demons watching you. You know, have, have you ever felt, have you ever felt like there's been something around or you going to a place and you, you sense that there's like in the corner of your eyes, you can see something. I remember going to my daughter's house and um, years ago, and she was married um, at the time, before she was married to the second husband. But the first husband, and this is a lesson that you, you got to understand. These are, these are spirits that are watching. Apparently, there was a divorce that took place 
in that house that, that they were renting from. And somebody had told them that, that, you know, the couple that was living there um, had divorced. And so they, they were living in there. They began to have problems. One day I went to visit them, and I thought it was me, and I took my son with me. And uh, I felt like a presence at the end of the hall. And I wasn't, I didn't understand what was going on. But when I got there, uh, she gave me her bedroom and I felt it in that same place, you know, that there was something looking at me. Later on, I, re, uh, I learned that they're, they're monitoring spirits that watch you. My son saw something. He says, Mom, there's something over there. And then I realized after, you know, all these things had happened, it affected her marriage. It caused her marriage to fail. There was not only a, a, a monitoring spirit, there was a spirit there watching. To, there was a stronghold in that, that apartment, but because they weren't praying, he didn't, he didn't go to church. They weren't in agreement with God. And so they opened the door for those attacks to come into their lives. And so we have to be careful. People that we hang out with, people that, that can be used by the enemy even to distract us from walking with the Lord. So not everybody is is supposed to be hanging out with us, you know. And sometimes it's better to be alone than to be with the wrong people. So we have to understand that when we go into new homes, we need to anoint that and anoint our homes, you know, occasionally. Even in our cars, when we give people rides, you know, anoint our our homes, our cars, um, our, our ears, our eyes, you know, our minds, our brains, you know, we don't know what the enemy is going to use next to try to sabotage your relationship with God. They'll use those spirits, those octopus spirits with the doubt and, and unbelief and a whole bunch of things that that spirit will bring. And so we got to cut those things and, and learn to recognize those things. And that's what I'm going to try to do to bring uh, a, a, a study or maybe a, a description of what different demons do. Not that we get all demon-centered because I don't want people to get that way either. I want you to get to understand what may be happening to you where you need to start fighting back. If we don't fight back, we're letting the enemy have his way. He can, he can sabotage. He can, he can create um, shipwrecks in our lives because we don't do anything about it. So what do you think about that? I think that's Andy, correct. There? Yes, I'm yeah. here. Mhm. Absolutely. It, um, I had my house, my house, when we moved back in this house, we moved away and then we came back, but we had rented it out to create, you know, generate income. Mm-hmm. And um, when we came back, we had problems. And so we had the prayer group come over, but before the prayer group came over, my ducts would rattle, my windows would shake, yet there was no wind. But what had happened is that Mike and I had uh, separated and come back together, and we came back together after embracing and, uh, and walking in a new life with Christ, you know? So when we moved back here, it was almost like the house was uh, 
had a lot of bad energy slash demonic activity because the people that we had rented to had done some really vile, crazy stuff here. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even um, the man that was standing in the middle of my drive at the corner of the house turned and looked where the people that had lived here and he began to pray and he said, I ripped that veil of incest. And the next night, the people, uh, the man was being arrested because he was found on top of his daughter. Wow. The police blocked it. And it was the, it was in less than 24 hours that man was being arrested for that. Hmm. Yeah, we have to do some warfare. We have to fight for our family. And, uh, but anyway, but I was across the, what, it, what, it was, what made me get the prayer group over here, I was over across the street and I said, God, I don't understand. Everything looks dead. I can't even grow grass. You know, I do land, you know, I'm a landscaper. You know, I can't even grow grass in my yard. What is up with this? You know, oh it looks my dead God. there. And it, yeah, and he goes, exactly. So what we did was, you know, there's a book by Gwen Shaw, which is an in-hand, in-time handmaiden uh, ministry. And whether you believe in that theology or not, you know, there's some good jewels in it. And um, we had people come over and we did, we did, you know, communion in the inside of the together. And then we went outside mm-hmm. and went to the quarters of the property and redeemed the land and anything that wasn't of God to leave and that the, the spirit of God was welcome and the land was able to heal. And guess what? The grass mm-hmm. turned green and the trees began to grow and everything went well after that. The wow. windows stopped rattling, the ducks stopped shaking. <laughs> I heard a pastor, and it it goes in the line of what you're saying about the land, that he was saying that he was traveling, I don't know where it was, but um, as soon as he landed, he started feeling sick. And there was something about the land that the Lord showed him that he had to break off off the land. And as soon as he did this, this, he started feeling better. But he got so sick to the point that he thought he was going to die. It was that strong. There was something to that. So, yes, you're right. We have to pray over our land. We have to pray over our homes. We have to pray over our children. And and we have to be real careful. We don't know. We don't know. Um, The sins of other people can release spirits in in a home, in a church. We have to pray in the church. Always be prayerful. Wherever you go, at work, you don't, you never know what's gone on before that. And so um, you're right. You're right. And um, lately I've been, you know, we have to start fighting back. If we don't learn how to do this now, as this dark time, these storms that are coming, we're not going to be able to do what we need to do. God is giving us the opportunity now to learn everything that we need to learn because what's coming we won't have the time. We won't have the time. We'll be in like like the ship that Paul was in. They didn't have the time for anything. They had to survive. They had to take care of of business. And so we have to get back to fasting and praying. And that's that's like a curse word to some people when you tell them that they have to to start fasting. 
Start small. Start small. Maybe one meal, two meals. Start working your body up and training your body to spend time in fasting and in the Lord. And it's not just uh, spending time not eating. You have to spend time with the Lord, too, because otherwise that's just a diet. That's only a diet. And then, so that's not what God wants. He wants us to spend time Sometimes with him. fasting is just giving up one of your favorite things. Uh, yeah, but you need to spend time with the Lord. You know, like um, if, you're, you. if you're every night ice cream eater, you know, for the next 30 days, I'm not, I'm, during that time that I eat ice cream, I will have time with the Lord and not eat the ice cream. I'm going to, you know, you'd be surprised how bad that ice cream's going to scream. <laughs> you know, just like, you know, I went on a, tw- I, I did the Daniel fast with the, uh, before I went to Chile, and I, um, it was just, you know, no bread. You know, you just ate vegetables and fruit, I believe, if I remember correctly. Well, With a Daniel fast, it yeah, was just fruit it, and vegetables and no bread and no yeah, meat. But, and, but in, um, that, in that, God gives you instruction when you spend time with him because you're, you're spending right, that time in fasting. You know, it's good to spend it in prayer and reading your word because that's where God is going to give you the instructions on what to do. He's going to give you the strategy. Mm-hmm. Or, or also, in, I've done the, dream, uh, like there is one, what is it, Isaiah, what is it, the Isaiah fast where you where you withhold, I mean, nothing, you take you, for three days, nothing. Yeah, but that ha- really, you really have to be led by the Lord to do that because you can hurt yeah. yourself. Yeah, but and that's the one that breaks the, the chains of bondage and all of that. And, I, and, and, you know, we did it as a church one time, and you would be amazed at the different, the miracles that took place with with the whole congregation. You know, it was just, yeah. but it was, you know, prompted by, by the Lord. It, it wasn't that, you know, you can do exactly. a lot of things, you know, just like uh, Brother Heflin used to say, some sent, some were sent, some just went, you know what I mean? And some stayed home. <laughs> but... You know, it's it's you know the prompting of the the Lord drawing you into these things. You just you know have to listen to His Spirit. You know where everyone else is doing one thing, He may call you to do something different. Yeah, but uh, I, I notice that when I don't read the Word and I don't spend that time, that fasting is not the same. I mean, God will mm-hmm. honor it when you're a baby in Christ and you don't know much. But as you get older in the things of God, spending time, he, he speaks to you. Your mind is so clear. It's not working to digest. Your body's not working to digest anything. Your mind is so clear. It, it's, it's awesome when you're, you're fasting. It's such clarity that you get. And it's almost like the times that I've spent doing that, it's almost like I don't want to leave. <laughs> I don't want to leave his presence. I want to stay there because it's like boom, boom, boom. It's like so clear. It's like. Like a clear connection. It's a clear connection. Like when you're on the phone, you can hear, you don't hear no static. You don't hear anything that interrupts. It's clear. The message comes in clear. And so I believe and I um, exhort everyone to, to find time now to spend in, in fasting. We need to start doing that. We need to start doing that for our families, for our country. 
for our lives. You know, we don't know what's coming. We can sense it. Like Paul was sensing when they were taking him in the ship, he was sensing that there was trouble going to come ahead. We're all sensing that now. There's not a person now that can't say that. All churches are talking about it. So we need to spend time with the Lord. What did Paul do? He was fasting. He was praying. They fasted 14 days. That was a forced fast. Do you want a forced fast or do you want to do it, <laughs> you know, um, little by little and getting the message through? Do you want to wait for a moment of shipwreck or close to being shipwrecked, a storm? You know, we don't want that. We want to make it through. And we want to make it through without having to yell and say, Lord, get me out of this. Okay, he'll take you out of it. But guess what? You got to go back again to learn the lessons that he's trying to teach you through that storm. Go back around the mountain. Go back around the mountain. However many times, go back. And so I'd rather do it right the first time. (laughs) I don't want to go around and around the mountain. I want to get it right. Yeah, it feels like you want it. You know, you're the pot that potter um, with you're the clay and the potter is trying to shape you. and You don't want to let him shape you. So we have to, we have to let him, you know, we have to pray for that strength. Uh, even in that, ask him for, for strength to get you through all that. Storms are coming. Storms, storms are coming. I don't care who you are. They're always, and sometimes over and over and, you know, it's, I don't know how many you've gone through, but the ones that I've gone through, I don't want to go through them again, but I know that they're, but it makes me stronger to, to, to deal with whatever's coming, but they're never all the same. There's always something different about them. So, um, yeah, we'll be talking about that, about the different things that the different spirits that will try to sabotage your walk with the Lord. Um, and try to um, bring things on you that you don't even realize. And it probably is a generational thing. So, um, yeah, we'll be talking more about that. I don't know where God's going to take us with that, but I feel like we need to be more knowledgeable about the strategies the enemy uses um, and allow God to show us the strategies, how to fight against it. Because, you know, it, it happens. It happens, and sometimes you may not even realize it. Some there's some people that have, that go through, um, like for instance, migraines. My dad would go through migraines a lot, and now I I have a name for it. It was a mind binding spirit. I didn't know. I just called it out by migraine or headache. I didn't know any better at that time, but it worked still nonetheless. But now I understand these. You have to get it by the root, otherwise. It won't work. And you have to understand, you don't go casting spirits out of people that are not saved because they're just going to get more demonized. And so we have to have wisdom to know how to pray for people that are not saved, to ask God to help them, to get them to that place, or maybe have a season of freedom from the enemy um, being held back from operating in their lives so that they have that freedom to come to Christ. And so all these things I didn't know before. So I hope you're not casting spirits out of the un, uh, unsaved yet. Um, 
You you have to understand. No, you because about the scripture says that if you do that, then they come back seven times stronger. That puts a person yeah. in a worse state than that. Well, then and then at the beginning, you don't do that. You what you you do is that you drain their ability to yeah. operate until the person is exactly. willing to have the strength to deny its access to its lot to their lives, so that. You know that that empty space when they're removed that they can they it's it's enough God it comes by hearing of the word faith comes by hearing that the faith deposit is large enough to take over the space that that's there. Do you have if an that example that you can give? Well, I can yeah, just tell you that with, with going through with Michael through the different stages because of, you know, God showed me deliverance. He showed me that, you know, I seen when I was dealing with demon, when I was dealing with man, he taught me by the shifting of the eyes, the seeing, you know, and, you know, watch what, watch this. I'm going to show you something. You, you know, when you're speaking to that individual, the enemy props up that individual's soul and spirit in front of himself. So when you're, it speaks vile and evil things towards you, but then picks the spirit of the man up so that anything that you speak to them hits their spirit. It doesn't even affect the enemy. You know, mm-hmm. in a battle, if you're doing it in the natural way, but but when or you like begin to start that using have children, like fools that have children, the way that that you can, you know, maybe a child or a spouse that's not walking right, you can pray against the things that the enemy is using to to hold them captive, but not cast it out, but maybe. Let's say maybe well, you know, all, I, all I know is that the enemy the enemy would would use them to use Michael to say very ugliful part truths, twisted lies, you know what I'm saying at and then your natural response is a rebuttal or Defending yourself, you know what I'm saying, to fight back and say, oh, that's not, but when God began to deal with me, he would tell me a different response other than what I really wanted to say. Does that make sense? Yeah. And And you, you protected yourself from that. In that sense, but. And so I can either, I can either listen. When God would tell me to do something or to say something, and I go, huh, I don't think so, <laughs> you know, and do my own thing, and he goes, oh, well, watch the how, watch your response, you know, well, like, do you like that response? <laughs> so I well, learned kind of the hard way. That's all I can say. Well, I, I had In a other words, and, I would do um, it my way, and it would be horrible response. But if I did it the way God spoke, we would get deliverance, you know, a little bit better. It it made a shift and a change each time. You know, it was like breaking strands of a of a tight rope. You know, sli- you know, mm. slicing through it to get free. Mm. 
you know, cutting through, but in slow motion. Huh? I have an example. Um, I have a friend. Um, We've been friends for a long time. I haven't talked to them for a while. They moved back to Panama. She was Panamanian, and her husband was Puerto Rican. And they were sold. He was a soldier, and we were living in Panama, the country of Panama, and that's where I met her. And um, they, I, I was already married. I had my kids, and um, she gave a testimony about when they first got married. We went to their wedding, and um, when they first got married, how when he that first weekend that they got home, she was a believer. And um, he says, okay, the weekdays are yours, but the weekends are mine, (laughs) he told her. And she was like, what? And so she was going to church, and she was like, well, how will the pastor handle a situation like this? Well, she says, oh, okay. So she ironed all his clothes and made him look really good, and he went out. He went out and was doing his thing. He was going clubbing. While he was going clubbing, she stayed home praying and interceding for him. Then one one weekend, he came home early, and it startled her. So she ran into bed and put the covers over her head. And so he came in, and he was mad. And he goes, he comes into the room and tells her, have you been doing witchcraft on me? And she she woke up. And she, well, she pretended to wake up. <laughs> she goes, no, I'm not doing witchcraft on you. He goes, I was dancing with a woman, and all of a sudden I saw your face going, ah, ha, 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 ha. The Lord did that while she was interceding for him that, he, you know, that he wouldn't have a good time over there, that God would deal with his heart. So that's how God dealt with him. He saw her face, and, you know, he got scared. He says, I saw your face in that woman's body. So he came home all shooken up, and she goes, no, no, dear, this is not what's happening. And she started telling him that she was praying for him. While she was ironing his clothes, she was praying for him. And so that's the situation that God um, caught his attention. Do you know that man started going to church, and he started to repent? Until this day, he's still born again. But God had to do a lot of things. <laughs> he had to do a lot of things. He had a lot of things that he had to, but he was so humble that he told people what God was doing. And he used that to allow younger people, young people in his church to understand that if he did it for him, that he could do it for them too. And so we need to pray for our loved ones. We need to not engage with, into arguments with them because then we get as carnal as they do. We have to pray for them and strategize as the Lord leads us to pray for them. And then God will win them over. God will be the one to do the drawing. You know, we don't become, yeah, like he, I say, he holy. Will, he, will, he will definitely give you the strategy. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. You know, so I knew that I had 30. Way. I knew I had, thir- I had 30 minutes when Mike passed out from drinking too much liquor I had 30 minutes mm-hmm. I could quote the Bible over and, and read scripture, but I'd get that one-eyed monster about 30 minutes out. <laughs> and it was on. <laughs> so I get it. Yeah, so 
God knows. God will help you guys strategize um, and do it the right way because, you know, the bottom line is the enemy is trying to sabotage their lives, our lives, so that we won't receive the the purposes and the plan that God has set up for us. And we wonder, well, you know, well, why is it? Well, are you fighting? Are you doing what God is telling you to do? Are you learning to fight? So it's time to fight, to prepare. It's time to prepare for war. <laughs> I hate to say that, but we have to prepare for war. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is there so, anything else you'd like to say, Sister Angie? No, I believe I, I believe that I've said enough. <laughs> No, we we love it. We love it. You've given you've given us a lot of things to think about. Um, you're always a uh, always giving us things. Um, we appreciate you. I appreciate you. I really love when you come. Well, on I just I, I I just I just I just lived kind of a crazy aspect of life. You know, that's all I can say. It's mm-hmm. not normal. So, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> I've had a good time <laughs> expecting more. <laughs> amen, amen, expecting more. All right. All right, sister, um, let me take the other calls. Uh, it's always a pleasure okay. having you on the on the calls. I love you. Love you, too. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, and the next caller is 240-482, your name and where you're from. No, wait, is that one it? Yeah. Two four zero. Sorry, I have two computers, two screens up. Two four zero four eight two. Your name and where you're from. Unmute yourself. Two four zero four eight two. Your name and where you're com- you you from. All right. I'll just put them on mute and then I'll come back to them. All right. Uh, two eight two eight nine eight nine. Your name and where you're from. Eight two eight nine eight nine. Your name and where you're from. Hello. Eight two eight nine eight nine. Your name and where you're from. Eight two eight. All right. They must. Be asleep or pray. Oh, let me pray over them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for 828-989. We just thank you, Lord, for their lives, Father God. Uh, I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. You know what? I'm seeing someone like handing you like an ice cream cone and this, what what they're giving you may seem and uh, appealing, but this is not what God has for you. This is not from coming from God. So I don't know if this is a person um, trying to give you something, um, Wisdom says here uh, not to receive it, not to receive it. It may look good. It may seem like it's going to taste good, but it's not going to be good for you. And I'm not sure if it's 
something like in food, but I think it's more something that somebody's uh, presenting to you that is sweet, that is appealing, and it's not a good idea to receive it from them. So we thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you, Lord, for giving this person the wisdom to to know what is for them and what is not for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you there, 828-989? Okay. All right. Now I'll go to the next one again. Uh, 248-482, your name and where you're from. All right, I'll pray for them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm there going to bed early. Uh, thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, for 2480482. We thank you, Father, for their lives, Father, in the name of Jesus. You know, I sense a sweet spirit about you. Um, and sometimes the people around you may confuse that because you have this sweet spirit that you're one to be taken advantage of. And because of your 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 ways, and so we thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, because um, that's not going to change about you. But um, you are learning about your boundaries, and you're not allowing those people to move those boundaries just because they think they can, because of the way that you are. And so um, they have a surprise coming when they realize that it's not. Um, the way they think. Um, sometimes people from far away may may uh, may spot empathetic people that are kind and loving, but um, they may want to try to take advantage of that. And so the Lord is showing you um, how not to allow others to to do that. But that it's also allowing you to see um, and show you that because. Other people are the way that they are. doesn't mean that you stop being the way that God wants you to be. So we thank you, Father God, for that sweet spirit, Father God. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, for showing her who she is and that people don't have to change her because of the way that they are. Thank you, Lord, for for showing her that, for allowing her to, to stay strong and to stay beautiful. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. All right. Okay, let's go to the next caller. And I do apologize if I went, some have hung up, and I do apologize. You know I always get to you. So, okay, let me see that one. I took care of that one. All right. 251-229, your name and where you're from. Hi. um, Prophet is Carmen. This is Sarah. Calling from Alabama. Sarah <laughs> from Alabama. Okay. Give me a minute here. Thank you, oh. Lord, in Jesus' name. We're from Alabama, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for her. You know, I'm sensing... I'm sensing the Lord is giving you new ideas, new ideas. Uh, and those things kind of scare you, um, kind of like, mm, I don't know if I can do that. 
but he's giving you new ideas and he's not telling you to take to stop everything else for those new ideas but he wants you to um, put a foot forward and start moving towards those new ideas not in full slowly and start doing it while you you can and um it's almost it feels like if it's like a business that he's giving you a strategy for or something and the the ideas for for that um but but because you start those ideas doesn't mean you go full force you can you can have those ideas and work on that while you're still working um don't overwhelm yourself god will give you the steps that you need to take and how quick and how slow you need to go about doing these things. So I, I sense that. Uh, I thank you, Lord, because you're giving her those things, Father God, in conjunction with what she's already doing. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, because as she moves forward and, and does more, you're, you'll give her more. You'll give her more. You'll give her more ideas. I pray that you touch her. Her thinking, Father God, that you protect her from from any other thinking that is not of you, Father God, that the enemy may try to sabotage what what you're trying to do in her life to give her a good plan for her life, Lord. So I thank you, Lord. I plead the blood of Jesus over her thinking, over her mind, over her body, Father God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, because she's sensitive to your voice. And the voice of the enemy she doesn't hear. I thank you, Lord. Uh, you know, uh, an advice that I'm going to give you that I'm sensing the Lord wanting me to tell you that whatever the Lord gives you, don't share it with others. Uh, let that stay between you and the Lord and work on that. And then one day you will say it, but um, this is not the time to say anything. Just keep it to yourself. So we thank you, Lord, for Sarah. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in her life. We thank you, Lord, for for that that new journey, that, that the things that you're trying to create through her. For your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Prophetess Corman. I'm doing well. Mm-hmm. Um Amen, amen. I'm so glad I called in and I know it's kind of late, but um, I was listening to the show about fasting, and that's what mm-hmm. I want to do. I, really, I You know, um, I know it says in the Word that you're not supposed to go around advertising it and, you know, say, hey, no. everybody, I'm fasting, I'm doing this, I'm always, you know, Whatever you do, you gotta like keep it in secret during the time that you're fasting and not really show off about it. Yeah, that's between you and the Lord, and you know, it's it's between you and Him, and and it's so beautiful because when you're you're doing something in secret between Him and you, um, He begins to talk and He begins to give you things. Um, you it, you're clear about it. Um, but yeah, just like with fasting, whatever he gives you, don't share it until he says to share it. Sometimes we open our mouths ahead of time and people hear what the Lord has given us and they get jealous and they don't want it. 
for us. And they kind of sabotage, you know, they're used by the enemy to sabotage the things that God plans for us. And sometimes it's through because of jealousy or they don't understand. So I've been, uh, that's what I'm sensing. That's what I'm sensing for you. Um, so how's everything? How's work? Well, uh, I don't yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can. Uh, well, I'm glad you asked about it. It's going pretty good, Prophet is coming. I, um, you know, I love working with the children. I mean, it's almost like the Lord just put that extra energy into me. So when I'm, you know, making out the plan or the curriculum, uh, I'm, I have just had a blast, in other words, just, joyful <laughs> around them and they are like like Patrick and he his hair is blowing in the wind and he's running around and, and then to see Sunny she's looking around like, Oh yeah, this is fun, you know, it's just it's just wild to get involved with them and to see them happy. You know. Mm-hmm. That's that's the blessing of the Lord. I mean, he wants the children to be happy. He even gives yeah, an example in the Bible come to me like a child. Mm. Yeah. And and we have to pray for them so much because um there's so many things out there that affect these children and um the enemy doesn't care how old you are or even if you're you're in your mother's womb, he's going to take advantage of you. Uh, I remember praying for a little girl. Uh, we went to the home of uh, this one lady because she wanted prayer for her child. She was saying that her daughter was acting all weird. Um, but it was the mother that was having a lot of different men coming into her home. And so we don't mm-hmm. know what happened to this child that as we were praying over the crib, she was less than a year old. The little girl was manifesting sexually. Um, I had gone with my pastor's <laughs> wife, and, and, you know, we have to. And so you're seeing all these children um, coming in. So uh, I'm glad you're the one that's there, that you can pray over them, um, that these children will have, like, a, a, a safe place, a place where they can rest their spirits, their souls, um, in a place where they don't have to contend with all these weird things. Just like Sister Angie was saying um, uh, about, the people that were living in her home, that if it wasn't because of the neighbor that prayed against that, that man wouldn't have been caught. And that man stopped something from continuing to happen. So God is using you, and God is going to use you to protect those children um, where you work at. You're doing a very important job, and you're finding joy doing it because that's where the Lord wants you. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, you're doing a very important job protecting those those children. I, um, you know what? I'm going to unmute Sister Angie if she wants to say anything about that. Do you have anything to say about that, Sister Angie, about what was going on in that um, in your in your house when you guys had it rented? Are well, what, 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 I, what I have to say is that when people commit certain acts um, in in a certain location, then 
just like um, the first murder, the brother's son was crying. His blood was crying from the earth. There are some things that are committed in that on the land that it cries out for redemption. It even dirties the ground. Mm. Because all of a cre- it, the, the scripture says all of creation moans and groans for the mature sons and daughters of God. Why is it crying out? Because mm. I know that people. You understand are what I'm in- saying? So when things yeah, are committed in a certain area, time over time over time, it's just like you know places that have, you know, murder has been committed on it. You know that that spirit of murder or suicide or whatever, you'll notice that it tries to draw people with a weak mind or weak spirit into its in, into it because the demon has possession. It's it's occupied that area. You know, you know, um, there's spirits there's spirit there are spirit beings that are can't operate without a a, a body. And they're waiting right. for a body and trying to get into a body to operate. But it doesn't mean that they're not able to influence evil activities to keep opening the door to try to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right about that's that. My, that's my... Living... I'm going to give you an example of what you're saying right now. Um, as I lived in a military base, um, it was in Fort Irwin, California. Um, the government had put homes on top of Indian graves. Um, there was, I don't know what had happened, you know, that, that was, they desecrated the, 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 the land and put military housing over that. Many people were finding that they were seeing things in their home. We were one. My daughter was saying that she saw like a spider spirit going up, and I, I commanded that thing to leave in the name of Jesus. And so my neighbors were saying that they were having activities, you know, spiritual activities in their home. And these weren't even believers. I think they were um, Catholics. Um, but, you know, there weren't people that really were into the Lord. They were just, you know, religious. And so we were talking, and she was telling me that she was, and I heard, and she she also heard that there was uh, the land was desecrated, and homes, military housing was put over that. And so um, you don't deal with the dead like that. Um, you have to be careful when you deal with with things that are dead, <laughs> you know, cemeteries and things like that. You don't go desecrating things like that. So you're right about that. The land, there was something about the land. And so these, it gives access for en- the enemy to operate, to do their their thing. Um, you don't um, get involved with things like that and think that, that it's not going to come to. But, but for those that are not believers, they don't know to pray over that or to pray over the land. And so when you buy a home or you're in a, an apartment and the apartment you have a backyard, anoint the, the ground. Break whatever is there. You may may find a big difference. It may stir trouble for your marriage also 
because whatever you're living in that place, you know, it's going to start affecting, like I was saying with my daughter, um, she was living in an apartment, a house that the tenants that were there before were fighting and they got divorced. It was very uh, aggressive fighting. And so who knows if that was even before them and that, that, that attacked their marriage and came to attack my daughter's marriage because she was not aware of what was going on. Uh, she heard about the story, but she didn't take control and start praying over that. And so you can't go into somebody else's home unless they allow you to go and pray for it, um, you know, your church to come in and pray for the home. And so it's very important. It seems like silly, a silly thing to do, but we need to pray for over our homes. The Jewish people, that's what they do. They even have these little things. I forget the names of it. And it has scriptures um, in there, wrapped up in there, and they put it at the doorstep of their home, around the door frame, and they kiss that because the word of God is on there. They're kissing the word. And so they have those in every entrance of their home. And so, you know, like nothing's going to come in here. This is, you know, the, the, this house belongs to the Lord. And uh, we need to bless our homes. You know, I was looking uh, about that, about uh, the ironic blessing that the Jews bless people. You know, it's very important to bless people and to bless our homes, that our mouths be mouths of blessing and not of cursing. We shouldn't be talking bad about anyone. Even though we may not like somebody, we don't talk bad about them. And we need to get into that, teaching our children. And you're in a good position, um, Sarah, where you can talk to these children and start them young. You know, no, we don't say that. We don't talk, you know, bad about each other because children, what they have at home, they pick that up and they bring it to, even to the daycares. And so, um, like I was saying before, we don't cast these spirits out because we don't know, you know, which child is is a, a believer or not. And so, but we, they can have a, a safe place, a, a, a place where they can come and find rest and peace. And believe it or not, those children, what they learn, even in church, in children's church, I've heard testimonies of children bringing their families to Christ because of what they were learning in church. God has used children. And so we shouldn't think that... Mm-hmm as mothers, as grandmothers, uh, as caretakers, that we don't have an important part in helping mm-hmm. these children to, to, to come close to the Lord. You know, it's very important. And, and so, um, yeah, and it has to do with the land. We have to look at all aspects of this, these things to, to mm-hmm. know how to fight the enemy, to stop the enemy. We have to start fighting. We can't you know, we can't continue doing this. Um, you know, well, somebody will do it. No, no, we have to do it. It starts at home with us. We have to start fighting. If not, the enemy is going to have their way and have heyday with us and our families and our friends and our surroundings and our country. We have to start praying, seriously asking God for strategies how to pray. Amen. You have anything to say, Sarah? Hello, Sarah. Well, I'm here. Can you hear me, woman of God? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. 
Well, in this world today, uh, Prophet Carmen, it's like you got to put on your safety guards at all times um, because there's just so much going on right now. Um, even like in the schools, and I know you know this, I mean, there was a, he's a commissioner, and he just wanted to talk about um, the different things that you keep yourself safe and, you know, all this stuff. And he said, do you think I'll introduce the incident? And so she said, he said, can I come into the, the school and I want to, you know, talk about safety, addiction, you know, alcohol, this and that, and how this is not the way you want to go if you ended up like that. And so... And so Was that to she, the, the um, workers or the children? Um, the workers. Um, but see, since I work at a church facility, you know, preschool, we I'm teaching the children how to pray, like before they um, start their lunch and their um, snack, and I'll oh, be so there it's in a praying Christian environment. Them. It's a Christian environment. Oh, I mean, that's people, even better. Yeah. I mean, so what I do is, you know, some people just go ahead and just get off into the dinner or the lunch. But I go ahead and, and say a prayer with them, you know, mm-hmm. before we get started on the dinner or the lunch. And so that's a blessing to the children, to their families, and to everyone because they're getting a break with the Lord, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, wow, that I didn't know that. That's a that's amazing. That's really a good thing because you have a little more liberty to be able to um, train them in the ways of the Lord um, because they're in that environment, um, not like a, a public school or a regular daycare, that they're limited to what they can say and do. And so, wow, you can go into those classrooms before those kids come in and anoint their room. I mean, it works. I mean, I've done it in in the universities where I can feel, you know, um, like animosity, uh, animosity towards the the professor. Well, he was looking for it too, but um, uh, with prayers and anointing the place. Um, like I had authority because I was part of that that classroom, and so I would pray ahead of time before people would get there, and it made a big difference. The uh, the the uh, not allowing the enemy to come in and and do whatever he wanted to do with uh, with students with the with the professor, um, because they were actually at the beginning they were actually cussing when I was in in the university they would cuss at the professor. And so it was heyday, and so I said, I have to do something, and I prayed, and I anointed the place, and it made a big difference. I'm telling you, it was a big difference. Well, with that professor, to tell you um, more, the semester before, one one lady was pregnant, and because of the stress of being in his class, she lost her baby. That's how stressful it was in that classroom. 
So, yes, you have an advantage here that you have to take advantage of and, and open your mouth and start <laughs> praying whatever the Holy Spirit uh, leads you to do. It's no wonder he's, he's making you understand your position so that you can fight, help fight. Not in casting those spirits out because we don't have, you know, with, unless the Holy Spirit leads differently, but that that belongs to the parents. But you can um, be an influence on those children for that that will take them for the rest of their lives. Children remember, they remember the teachers that that um, spoke to them kindly and loved them, and they remember the ones that were <laughs> bad to them so much that even in their old age, and people still remember those teachers. So you have a big influence in your hands that God has put you in. He's placed you in a, in a position to touch, to touch in a special way the lives of these children. And whoever else is dealing with children, you know, understand that it is important, you know, for us to um, pray for the children because they grow up so fast and their lives are, are changed. You know, I know that I was with my grandchildren for a short time, but they remember, they remember all I taught them and they'll joke around. Oh yeah. You rem- I remember you did this and this grandma and, you know, or like one day they were, they were talking about movies and they go, um, Oh yeah, there's this movie. out, And I'm like, Oh, is it good? So, uh, no, you won't like it. Don't tell her about it. She, you know, grandma, she doesn't like that stuff. And I go, well, if it's not good for me, I, Oh, they said that it wasn't good for grandma. I go, so if it's not good for me, then it's not good for you either. <laughs> so why are you watching this? So, you know, these are the moments that we take to take them and teach them. As life goes on, you teach them and you talk to them about the things that they're dealing with. Uh, it doesn't have to be just, you know, wild stuff. It could be everyday things that you correct them, that you bring them back. To, to living right before the Lord to always show them because after a while when they get older it's harder to deal with and guide them when they become teenagers oh my goodness it's they're facing a lot of things so you're in a perfect place Sarah to touch the lives of the children that are placed in your hands and uh, I don't know where why I got off with that you know it's so much easier to, to lead children than to to bring somebody back from years and years of living in in the wrong way, uh, it's so much harder because there's some things set in their lives, their strongholds set in their lives that are harder to deal with um, and get them out, you know. But nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Is there anything you mm-hmm. want to say? Uh, you want us to pray about? Well, yes. Um... Just that the Lord continues to give me strength um, while while uh, at work, um, and that um, as far as the uh, the children goes, um, that the Lord just keeps them in safety. You know, because sometimes we go outside. Lately, we haven't. Since it's gone up to a hundred degrees, we haven't. So we haven't gone. Um, yeah, it's it's hot everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mhm. I mean, we can feel it. Cover up the sun. 
Did that you hear about that, Prophet Foreman? They no, were going to try to cover up the sun. Who was going to co- cover up the sun? I don't know. I was on um, was it YouTube and some on the, on their channel. They were saying um, there's a possibility possibility that um, they were going to try to cover up the sun. Wow. Mm, haven't heard of that. That's new to me. Yeah, so I, I really don't spend time on the television or, you know, um, I'm, what I'm always looking for is just uh, worship and word. and something to study the word with. But, um, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to stomach a lot of the things that I'm seeing on the TV. So I stay away from that unless somebody says something about it, but I haven't heard about that. Um, Wow. Well, let's pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we lift up Sarah. You know, the desires of her heart is for you to strengthen her, to help her, Father God. And I just pray that, Father God, as she draws closer and closer to you, that she'll hear your voice and she'll hear your direction. And that she knows that, Father God, that you are with her, that you never leave her, that you never forsake her, and that you are always there giving her and speaking to her. I pray, Father God, that you give her uh, clarity in her hearing, Father God, that as she listens to you and spends time with you, that she will know what you're leading her into. So we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. We thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank, thank you, Lord. Jesus. Then give us the strength thank in her you. body. I pray, Father God, you know, I thank you, mm-hmm. Father God, that, that you give her wisdom to know how to take care of her body, how to love her body, how to uh, even minister to her body. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Sometimes we have to take ourselves apart uh, aside and realize that we also need ministering. Just like we minister to others, we need to to um, love ourselves and minister to ourselves and speak good things. And take time to speak those things over ourselves. That's ministering to ourselves. I am the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. I'm more than an overcomer. Thank you, Jesus. I'm victorious. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed and highly favored. We need to minister to ourselves. And, you know, as if we were another person, <laughs> we need to forgive ourselves as we we're another person. Uh, um, that does us so much good. Sometimes, we, you know, we we can be hard on ourselves and not, not understand that we need to give the love and understanding that we give to others to ourselves too, and to take care of our bodies and to give it rest when it needs rest. And minister to it. There's different ways of ministering to to ourselves. You know, how can we give to others if when we don't have it ourselves? 
we we can only give what we receive for ourselves. And so um, then we can give more. The more we give to ourselves, the more we can give out because we understand what what works and what doesn't work. So we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name for Sarah. Thank you, Father God, for that ministry that she has and blessing those children. And, Lord, just give her wisdom, Father God, in whatever areas that there is a need with those children, not only with the children, but with the employees too, Father God, that she would be that example to them, that they would see her and see that she truly is a woman of God. So we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Anything else, Sarah, you'd like to, to share with us? Well, I just, I just really appreciate the anointing that the Lord has bestowed upon me because it is marvelous. I mean, when I hear the Lord using you to talk not only to me but to others, it's amazing. I mean, because you're like telling others that through the power of the anointing in Jesus, it's like, you know, I spend time in the Word, and that's a great influence over others to get into the Word. And, you know, I like to wash dishes and everything, but the Lord has me doing another assignment right now. So the way you explain it and the way you flow in the Lord is actually amazing. And then uh, hearing you saying, pick up your Bibles and, and then pray for others who can't pick up the phone, that's amazing. Mm. Amen. I want to bless everybody tonight. I normally pray this prayer in Numbers 6, 24 through 26. Um, but I'm going to pray it, and then I'm going to play the song. It's called The Blessing, and I'll end the show with that because I don't see anybody else um, with their hands raised. So, I mean, some dropped and <laughs> get impatient. Um, so I'll finish with that. And thank you, Sarah, for, for calling, and I pray that you have a great week this week um, and everybody else for calling. And so is there anything else you'd like to say? Yes, um, I'm just thankful to the Lord that I got on uh, the show tonight. And my testimony is uh, just listening. Oh, I'm just, I'm excited. I just, oh, <laughs> I just, I'm just thankful to be a part of the show uh, because I didn't think I was going to be able to get in. As I didn't think I was going to be able to get in as late as I called. But but the Lord. Well, we know, had a, a little in. glitch. Um, I wasn't able to get in right away, so that's probably why some people uh, may have thought that I wasn't on. But um, yeah, regardless, I'll wait until the last one comes in, and you know, I'll minister to everybody. Um, all right, Tara. Well, God bless you. I'm noticing. Well, God bless you. You have a good evening and have a wonderful week. God bless. Um, I have another caller here, and they changed position, so I'm thinking they may have called back in. Um, I had prayed for you earlier, but I'm going to try to answer your call. 828-989, your name and where you're from. Are you there? Um, yes, Jennifer from North Carolina. Oh, okay. That's who you were. <laughs> I, had to, I had prayed for you earlier, but that's okay. I'll pray for you again. Let me put you on mute. Father God, we just thank you for Jennifer, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for her life. We thank you, Father God, for 
for her love for you, Lord. I don't know if I, I was the one that prayed for you for for um, the boundaries, um, but I think that applies to you too. Um, um, like I mentioned before, I don't know if it was you or another person, but I'm sensing to pray this over you too, um, and that sometimes there's people that can spot an empathetic person from far away. And they think because a person is empathetic that they can uh, do whatever they want with this person, that this person is going to be empathetic regardless. But I'm sensing that the Lord is teaching you how to put boundaries to protect you, but not to change you, uh, who he's created you to be. So we thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, for Jennifer, for discovering who she is in Christ, who um, she allows to come into her life, and who she doesn't allow. Um, there are certain people that we shouldn't allow because they come to be used by the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy. They come to do a whole bunch of stuff. They're used by the enemies to divert us from the plans that the Lord has for us. And when God wants to give you something, he gives you things without sorrow. Um, His blessings come without sorrow. He blesses us, and he doesn't give it without sorrow. It's when we choose what's not from the Lord that it it brings sorrow. It brings sorrow. So I thank you, Lord, because you give her the mind of Christ to know these things, to show her, Father God, where her boundaries are and to not allow those around her to move them just because of her empathetic spirit and her gentle and loving spirit, her giving spirit. So we thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, because um, I'm sensing God is saying, you're toughening up, buttercup. (laughs) No more. No more in Jesus' name. So we thank you, Father. You're toughening Jennifer up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Jennifer, are you there? I am. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? Pretty on point. <laughs> um, <laughs> wonderful. Uh-huh. This, this made, just I felt like, I mean, the, all the, everything that you've been talking about was so personal, with, even with the other yeah. colors really getting the word out of it. Yeah, sometimes, you know, prophecy, um, I've learned that when you're in a service and a pastor is prophesying maybe to someone and you're sensing it, that that's for me, you can take it. God can give it to them and to you and to whoever doesn't want it. You take whatever they have. (laughs) You get, I get greedy. That's the only time I can, I, I can be greedy. When other people don't want it, I'm going to take it. I'm not leaving that. That's for me. That's for me, too. I receive the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord can be, it's so wonderful. It can it can uh, touch this person, that person, that person. I mean, it could do a corporate thing um, where there's many people listening. 
So, you know, we can't limit God and how he wants to do anything. We can receive what he has for us, and we just have to be willing to take it. Give me more. Give me, give me, give me. (laughs) I'll take it, Lord. I'll take that blessing. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, So how are you been? Everything good? I'm feeling much better than when I called. Yes. Yes. That's what we're here for. Yes. I always feel better when when I'm listening to PGN. When I go to church, oh, I feel like I've just taken a breather of oxygen, and it it just helps me to continue during the week, and it just gives you like a a shot in the arm. (laughs) I don't know about you, but that's how I feel, and it feels so good. I, I, I could even see it in my disposition when I look in the mirror I was like wow that was good <laughs> that was good that was the word of God that transformed me so yeah. yes and so yeah. man should not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from God and it is like every day we eat every day we need God's word we need to eat God's word and so um, yeah. yesterday's food is not for today we have to daily mm-hmm. daily Daily. Daily banquet. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Yeah. So yes. what would you like to say tonight or uh, do you need prayer you know, or comment something that, that we spoke about? I was trying to figure that out. Like I was at the point where I just, I don't know what to pray. Like what do I need, Lord? Like I don't know. I'm just to him, but I was feeling like I need something. <laughs> just kind of put my finger on Well, it. we were talking about fasting earlier, and fasting helps our mind to be clear uh, and to hear mm. clearly from God. And so when we fast, um, I recommend that you spend time with the with the Word of God um, because I feel like, you know, if you're just fasting, it's, it's more like a diet if you're not spending the time with God because that's where he's going to give you. I don't want to waste that time of that clarity on doing nothing. I want to spend it with mm-hmm. the Lord and hearing what he has to say. And that's the perfect time when your mind is clear. And you're, you got a clear, uh, clear voice from God and it's not stagnant. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not uh, staticky. It's coming in clear. So I want to take advantage of that and have a, my Bible and read it uh, and hear what the Lord is trying to tell me. And you'll be surprised. Um, he gives you direction. And the more you do that, the more you hear, the more you do. And you're more on point with him. And so um, sometimes fasting helps um, with that. So we need to spend time. I spoke about earlier, and maybe I don't know if you heard it or not, but I spoke about the waters, the storm. And anchors and the water is when we step out um, as we grow closer to the Lord. You know, like when you're in love with somebody, you don't leave your relationship on the shores. You go in deeper. You want something more. You don't want shallowness. You want God, more of God. And so the deeper you go, that that's scary, you know. 
And so when you go in the, on the waters, God had been ministering to me about boats and ships and and the sea and and storms. And God was showing me there is a strategy. There's the story of Paul where he's out on the sea. Um, he, he's being taken as a prisoner to take to take him to Rome, to Italy, where he's supposed to see the Caesar, and um, he's imprisoned. And so on his way over there, what a way, what an avenue to to get there. God's taking him through that, um, and there's a storm. On his way, there's storms, and he's he's sensing that this it's not going to be a safe trip. So he expresses that to the centurion um, that was a soldier in the in the in the ship. That you know that he sensed that there were bad things going to happen on on that voyage, but he was sensing, he wasn't prophesying, he was sensing. Today we sense things, we sense the times that we're living in, the things that are coming, that there's going to be a coming storm, that we're going to face a storm by because we sense it. The spirit of God lets us. So this is what Paul was was uh, sensing. This wasn't going to be an easy ride. That there was going to be some loss. But then later on, as they continue, they didn't take his advice. They took the advice of the sailors, the people that were used to sailing. They they listened to them instead of Paul. Um, and sometimes we're treated that way. We're treated like we don't know any better, and yet we're speaking truth. And so in the long run, they'll know, even if we're the only ones that are walking right with the Lord, we maintain ourselves walking with God because we may be the only one that later on they're going to see that God was using and that later on they're going to come and start listening. Mm-hmm. We may save somebody from shipwreck. And so uh, we may save ourselves from shipwreck. And so it goes both ways. So later on, this centurion pays attention to him when he sees that he was right about what he had said at the beginning and then he paid attention to the instructions on what to do in order to get to shore. The ship was, there was that storm, and they were at day uh, at dawn. They they barely were, were seeing anything. And if they, they shipwrecked at that time, they would be in the dark, and they wouldn't know where to go. It would be more dangerous for them. So the day was breaking. They were fasting for 40 days, and, and they didn't eat, and they had to throw things overboard over the ship and they had to make sure that the, the, the people that were there weren't going to take the, the little boats on the side, you know, that every ship has little boats on the side to escape because everybody knows that a sinking ship will drag you down. It, it creates a vacuum and it pulls everything around it down. So that's, that was the danger. Not many boats, a few people that can get, to, that can survive. So everybody had to stay on the, on the ship and so Paul saw that and knew that. He gave instructions that nobody was to leave. And so because um, the centurion, Julius, listened to that because he saw that he was right from the beginning. He didn't listen to him from the beginning, but he was listening now. And so that's, those are going to be things that are going to happen to us when we're facing storms, when other people are facing storms, when we give them advice they may not listen to us the first time, but they're going to listen to us eventually because they're going to see the hand of God is on us. And so mm. they survived. They, they were, the, the ship was shipwrecked, 
but they their lives were spared because they listened to the man of God who speaks instructions. And God gave him the, a dream, letting him know that all this, that they would be okay, that he had a purpose for him going to Rome, that he wasn't done yet with him. So, you know, as we follow God and we listen to the voice of God for our own lives, God's going to use us to touch the lives of other people, to help them not to be shipwrecked, either through our lives, you know, like Sister Angie was talking about, that she went through many storms, and she's been able to minister to other people. And that gives us a joy, a satisfaction, a, a, a joy, a greater joy to minister to people, to help them to get through what they're going through. So, yeah, we may go through stuff, but God has a purpose for all of that. But we also have to understand that the enemy also has a plan and a purpose for us. He wants to sabotage every good thing that God is doing in our lives and where God wants to take us. And so we have to be knowledgeable of that and and understand that we need uh, strategies from God to stop that. The enemy is watching us, not because he's sovereign, but because he sends monitoring spirits to watch our lives. So that they can plan and have strategies against us. And so we cannot be um, lazy in our walks. We have to learn to fight back. We can't just stay stagnant and let it happen because we'll be shipwrecked. If we let that happen, others will be shipwrecked. And so um, it affects us. Sometimes a boat may be our own lives. Maybe a ship may be our lives and other people's lives involved. And so we have to understand that God has an anchor. He's our anchor. And if it's a big ship with other people involved, there's anchors that we need to apply in our lives in order to save ourselves or save those around us from shipwrecking. And that's staying in God's presence, spending time in God's word. When we can't do anything else, seek for mercy. God's mercy will save us. And even that is faith. Because you need faith to ask God for mercy, <laughs> and knowing that you tr- your, your confidence is not in yourself, it's in God. And then the last one, the last one would be um, knowing that God is uh, in control of everything and that the devil is not. The devil doesn't know. He has to use his monitoring spirits. He has to use his spirits to try to even send spirits of mind-binding to to cause problems in your mind. And so we have to know how to learn how to target those things that try to come against us by the root and not here and there because, as we all know, like, for instance, the spirit of the octopus, right, it has tentacles. If you deal with this issue and you don't deal with the whole thing, the whole octopus spirit, those other things are going to just come back. So we have to get knowledgeable. We have to go to basic training if we have to. We have to go through training as we get older in the things of the Lord. It's time for to prepare for war because there are things on the horizon that are coming. Just like Paul told the centurion, you know, he was sensing something. We are all sensing there's something on the horizon, and it's not good. So we have to prepare to fight, to to throw those anchors when the storms come. Amen? Yes. Well, that really, you know, timely. 
very timely. Yeah, we all do. This is for you. This is for me. We 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 have to do this as a body. We have to do this individually. What's coming is whether it's our own personal storms or it's coming to our country or coming to our world. We didn't expect COVID to hit, right? Nobody ever. Some people were sensing there were some things, but were we preparing for that? I don't think so. I don't think we want to repeat this again, whatever it is that's coming our way. We want to pray. Some mm-hmm. things we won't be able to stop, but and there's going to be shipwreck, but our lives are not going to be shipwrecked. We're, God's got, got us. God is in control of our lives no matter what comes our way. And that should keep us feeling a sense of, oh, I caressed in, in and have peace because no matter what happens, God is in control. You ever heard that song? God is in control. <laughs> that, that song is ringing in my ear right now. Um, and so he has control of everything. We should not fear. Uh, fear is not my future. Like I played the song earlier, fear is not my future. That's a new song that's out um, that's been playing. And, um, no matter what, sickness is not our future. You know, nothing that the enemy has is our future. We can't listen to him. We got to listen to what God says. And we have to actively stand and be in agreement with God. Amen? Amen. Well. Mm. Amen. So what we give to you, you pass it on. Oh yes. yes. I know you will. What? I know you will. Oh yes, I've been very blessed listening. Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I hope it is helping everybody that's listening. Okay. And I'm gonna be praying a, a blessing over. I like to pray that blessing at the end of the show, but I have a song that will go uh, that's called the blessing. You'll love it. Um and uh the Jews um, normally do it on Friday nights to Saturdays, um, and they bless um, in the Shabbat. They pray the numbers six twenty four to twenty six, um, and I'll pray that at the closing of the show. Is there anything you want me to pray about, or you want to say, um, or you want to no, comment on? I feel very blessed, and I'm. You know, really so minister to and my spirit uplifted and hopeful. Just mm-hmm. thank you. Thank God. I thank you, God. Yeah. Amen. Thank so you. remember those anchors. That's going to keep yes. you um, from shipwreck, shipwrecking <laughs> or allowing yeah. other people to be shipwrecked. You, you help them to to know how to get that in place well, so that their lives and that's what I was struggling with because I could there's somebody close that I can it's like I can see so clearly like the shipwreck but um yeah I but feel, we don't focus on that because that's what the enemy right. wants us to focus on and because if he if he can get us to focus on the things that are that we're sensing then you know what then he can manipulate our thoughts Mm-hmm. He can manipulate what we're we're trying to do, and no, we focus on God. Keep us our eyes straight on 
on on the target, um, allowing us to to stay focused on Him, because that's what's going to get us through. That's what's going to give us the victory. Yes. You know, and uh, you know, whenever you feel that negativity or anything in your thoughts, you you got to understand it may be the enemy trying to throw things on you to. Uh, Oppress you so that you don't get to where God wants you to be, and that's a strategy. Yeah. That's a strategy. So I'm giving Him the time of day. I'm oh, giving very, Him the time of day. But we're going to learn how to cut the, whatever it is by the roots. And so I'll be talking about the different things the enemy uses to try to um, sabotage what God's trying to do. Amen. Amen. I'm going to play this song before we close then. Anything else you want to say? No, just God bless you. Just really right. appreciate you. Just, yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Amen. Well, I hope you come back next week. And uh, God yeah. bless you. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Good night. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to play this song, um, The Blessing. All right. Well, God bless you all. Let me pray this over you. Um, Numbers 6, 24, 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. Here we go. Enjoy. Let's see. The blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.